Welcome to Starlight Radio Dreams, the comedy show with a podcasting habit brought to you by our backers on Patreon. This episode is part two of the full live-streamed show from July. This is our 0.4 episode for our fifth season, while we prepare to launch a new season in the time of Corona. This episode features the talents of Ansel Birch, Ben McCauley, Ellen DeSitter, Jared McDerris, Carolyn Blake, Kat Evans, Michael Jackowitz, and Rachel Grandikluski. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Go. Uh, turn the microphone back on. That helps a lot. I hope you enjoyed that intermission. I know I certainly did. I, uh, I really enjoyed staying right here for contractual reasons and to finish my whiskey. Uh, for those of you who are, uh, who did get up, I hope you, uh, saw whatever pets you have floating around in the room with you. Uh, I saw that, uh, some of you, your pets really enjoyed that intermission music, and I know Archimedes here in the room with me did as well. Uh, now, my cat, Archimedes, is named after a famous person. For those of you who don't know who Archimedes is, you know how Google works. You'll figure it out. But I have a question, which is... What pets are what uh, famous people are any of your pets named after? Uh, I'm excited to see what uh, fanciful names you've got for your pets in the chat during this next piece, which is, uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. This next piece is uh, locked down. I think you'll uh, I think you'll I think you'll get why I asked about pets pretty quickly. Welcome back to Lockdown, the reality show podcast and social experiment that's legally distinct from Big Brother. Four contestants, five animals, two bedrooms, and 69 microphones. Nice. They can't leave until New Year's Eve 2021. What do you know about making bread? Will their friendship last? This, this is why I don't want to loan you my switch. Will they crack under the pressure? She was such a pretty ficus. And now she's... Find out on Lockdown! So, it's early afternoon and we're all still sitting in the living room with the dogs because that's where the AC is. Mr. Whiskers came in from the kitchen and my dog, Riley, got a little aggressive. I didn't want to have another fight about the pets, so I tried to diffuse the tension. (laughs) Mr. Whiskers, it takes a lot of kibbles to walk in here after what you've done. Now, Riley... I think we all know that this here space is open for us cats as well. Ain't that right, Rufus? You just leave me out of this. I ain't looking for no trouble. Just a quiet place to rest my head a spell. Ain't you seed what he's a-doing? Walking into my saloon like it ain't no thing but the walking. And it ain't Riley. We all get to walk in here as we please. Even Mr. Whiskers. Walk? Hold on. I've seen this one. Walk? This is the same storyline we did with the pets two weeks ago. Do you want us to do something different? Nah. Let it play out. I like this one. Now, of course, we all know the animals can't talk. It's just fun to do silly voices. You know, like they're people. I think we all know what it is, Riley. Might be a tad nitbit tiddly nervous about my being here. Maybe. Maybe we should. Maybe we should take a walk before you get yourself in trouble. Again. You know what you did, Mr. Whiskers. Was it being the floofiest that ever there was? You done paw-boxed the tongue right out of my mouth, Mr. Whiskers. 
You had it a-coming. How much longer will they last before they crack? How long will we wait before telling them that what they're doing has become the world's most accidentally relatable reality show podcast? Subscribe now for Lockdown! <sighs> then Pebbles rolled in, stone-faced and cool as granite in the shade. <sighs> what? What would he say then? No. You know we don't want to do voices for your pet rock. Some of you have fabulous pet names. I highly approve. Oscar for Oscar Wilde and Oscar the Grouch. Well done. I enjoy that you managed to get both of those in there. And I'm sure Oscar is thrilled that we're talking about him. As we all know, it is far better to be talked about than not to be talked about. Uh, and let's see. We also had Alan for Alan Turing for the RoboVac. That's absolutely genius. And uh, I think we had another one. Oh, Yes, some, someone said that if they had a dog, they'd name it Diogenes, which I'm assuming they're going with the pronunciation Diogenes, which is just beautiful. Uh, I've never been sure which is correct, and for the sake of that joke, I'm going to say Diogenes from now on. Uh, so that was fabulous. Thank you all for your responses on that bit. I, I really, I really enjoyed that more than I usually, uh, pretend to. Uh, so all that being said, I do have another question for you and I'm, I, I think I'm going to enjoy this one as well. Uh, this one is a, is a question for, for those of us who have been perhaps on a strange sleep schedule lately, um, which is, do you watch infomercials? or still watch infomercials. I'm sure some of us watched them in the past and don't now. But, um, man, infomercials. That's a thing they're still doing. It must work for someone. Anyway, this came from an infomercial com company, and I'm told that it is still very funny. Uh, so hopefully, we'll all enjoy it. Organization. What a hassle. Ugh. Ugh. Jeez. Gosh! What's wrong there, Bob? Aw, oh, golly disembodied voice. I'm in a real bind. I've got all these human rights here, and I don't know what to do with them. They're scattered all over my bedroom floor. Looks like a real mess. It is a real mess, disembodied voice. I can't tell my right to assemble from my right to due process under the law. What am I gonna do? Well, Bob, what if I told you there was a simple, one-stop, set-it-and-forget-it method to removing all this clutter and cacophony? What? No way. Way, Bob. Very much way. Say hello to Fashit from Capital Co. Wow! Very much wow. This sleek, black-and-white model is pleasing to the eye and absolute murder on those cluttered, poorly organized human rights. Okay, disembodied voice. Sure, Fashit looks impressive with its sleek black and white design, but how does it work? Simple. Just push the big white button and stand back. The big white button? That's right. The big white button. Gosh, it's moving a bit slow. Oh, don't you worry, Bob. It might start slow. But once it gets going, you won't believe how fast it works. Wow, no kidding! Just watch as Fashit takes control of all your scattered, disorganized human rights. 
right to bear arms, right to refuse quartering, even pesky, deep-seated habeas corpus. That sleek, black-and-white model sucks them all up and interprets them properly, so you don't have to. Wow, the right to speak freely? I never thought fashion could handle something that big. Just watch, Bob. Fashion can interpret anything, so you don't have to. Just go back to watching TV and neglecting your family. Hold on a second. Where'd the 13th Amendment go? It's been interpreted, Bob. Yeah, but where is it? Just watch, Bob. Okay. Just look at that sleek black and white design. I mean, I guess I personally don't need... Don't you care about America, Bob? What? Set it and forget it. Okay. Cool. I guess I'll go play video games. Sorry, Bob. You'll have to move out. We have to build a parking lot where you're playing. What? In my home? Where am I supposed to live? Better find something soon, Bob. The neighbors have just interpreted your local vagrancy laws, and officers are on their way to interpret you right now. How do I turn it off? There is no turning it off. It's fueled by the blood of the innocent. So convenient. No, it isn't. Say so convenient, Bob. I don't wanna... They're coming, Bob. They're coming right now. Say so convenient. So convenient. Great! Now turn to the microphone and say fash it and forget it. I don't wanna... Come now, Bob. You don't want to be interpreted, do you? Fash it. Gotta finish the line, Bob. And forget it. That's right, Bob. It's Fash It from Capital Co. Coming to your home right now. Alan, your robot vacuum cleaner is sounding like more and more of a good idea with every passing moment. Significantly better than that strange invention. Uh, we also had a late come in with Luna Lovegood for a cat, uh, another good uh, name. I'm told by the people in the control room that, that is a Harry Potter character. So uh, good on you. I'm sure that's everyone's favorite Harry Potter thing. Which, there we go. Thank you. Uh, all that being said, everyone, uh, our next piece is very exciting. This is the world premiere of a brand new show. Now, we have given you a little taste of this before. If you caught the Capricorn recording that was a Patreon backer exclusive a little while ago, uh, but now here it is in its full glory, and I do mean full glory. There's, there's a lot of glory to go around on this one. I hope you're as excited as our graphics department was. <clears throat> Let us now look out our window of dreams to the stars above. Wait, those are new stars. They are indeed. This galaxy is full of animal heroes locked in a vast interstellar war. We love our science fiction here, and this time we went all out. Someone in our graphics department really loves spaceships, and I think you will too after this premiere episode of Zootheosis. In the distant reaches of the Ophiuchus system, in a galaxy not so different from our own, the great interstellar war between the Arachnians and the Vertebradians was entering its tenth year. At the very edge of the known universe, 
that intrepid crew of starship fighter pilots known as Lion Star are engaged in deadly combat with that most dreaded of Arachnian commanders, Admiral Scorpese. Fighter jets, regroup! Here comes the third wave! Y formation! A third wave? If any more waves come at us, I'm gonna drown! And I'm a fish! Classic angler, always with the fish jokes. Classic! Cut the braying, Lambda. You're embarrassing the horned animals. If you goats want to repress yourselves, that's your business. I'm a proud, independent sheep, and I don't need your approval. Fight! 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 Uh, gang, we've got the third wave coming in, like, now? Captain Sierra Leone, decorated commander of the Lion Star fighter pilots, was once again struggling to rein in her charmingly rambunctious crew. Hold on, gang. I've got an incoming transmission. Receiving. Admiral Scorpese, you venomous villain. Finally crawling out of your exoskeleton to face us ship to ship. Or will you be hiding in your star carrier like always? Captain Leon, how can you disrespect me in this manner? In front of my eight waves of starfighter ships. Did he say eight waves? That's too many waves. And I'm a fish! I think you're bluffing, Scorpese. Captain Leon, why this attitude, I ask you? Perhaps if I release my fourth and fifth wave of starfighter simultaneously, this will convince you of the sincerity of my proclamation. Do you really expect us to surrender to such a vain threat? No, Captain Leon. I expect you to die. Okay, bye. Whoa! That is a lot of ships, and I'm up. Oh, wait, I didn't set it up that time. I got one! Shut up and focus! I don't respond well to criticism! Nobody cares, Lambda. Nobody cares. I've shot down like 50 ships by now. You don't hear me bragging about, oh shit, I'm hit! <laughs> I'm hit too! I knew it! I knew you did it! <laughs> I'm hit! This wouldn't happen if you three would stop charmingly razzing each other and focus on... Captain, are you hit too? A little bit. My fuel tank is leaking. Mine too! And just like that, our hopes and fears, like dust scattered in the endless, glittering expanse of space. Which is the moat, and which the jewel? Or are they worth the same? Ah, I'm hit again! There's a planet nearby. Let's try and touch down there. Wait, we're in the middle of nowhere. It could be undeveloped. If they've developed ground, I say we land. Interfering with an undeveloped planet is strictly prohibited. This is exactly the sort of moral quandary we won't be able to discuss if we die in space. I'm landing. Copy the F out of that. You win this round, Scorpese, but we'll be back. We'll never give up. You know he can't hear you right now, right? Yes! God! I was just... Never mind. Just land. And so it came to pass that the Lion Star fighter crew managed to safely land their damaged ships in an open field on a strange new world. Y'all, I'm an angler fish, and not a flying fish. But, all things considered, 
I think that was a pretty good landing. Well, what happened to your ship's other wing? I don't know. It's up there somewhere. How's it look, Cornelius? Between the four ships, there's enough materials to make one functional. That'll be a tight fit. We'll be closer than ever. Yay. True. But they've all suffered major fuel loss. Drag. We can wait for a search crew to pick us up, but who knows how long that might take. Also drag. Okay, well, the distress beacons are working, right? So all we have to do is survive. That might not be so easy. What are you talking about? There's a forest over there for chopping lumber. There's a stream over there for catching and eating non-sentient and therefore morally unchallenging fish. This place has everything we need. I don't know, gang. My brother's wife's sister's dog sitter's aunt's accountant's mother got stranded on a backwater planet. Supposedly, she had to eat her own leg. Okay. It's true. Okay. Huh. My laser sword still works. <laughs> that should make fishing super easy. Mine too. Can I go fishing too? Put those away. No advanced technology. Angler, <gasps> you forge the stream for food without using your laser sword. Uh. Lambda, you cut us some firewood. <gasps> also without using your laser sword. Aww. And Cornelius, you and I will search for signs of intelligent life. Also without using laser swords. Found one! Food? Sign of intelligent life. Where? Over there! Intelligent life is walking toward us right now. That's a lot of, uh, of, uh... They appear to be... Hominids. How do they find us so fast? I think the four fiery starships plummeting to the ground might have had something to do with it. Maybe. Alright, gang. Change of plans. Our number one priority is to minimize our interference with the planet's development. Let me do the talking. Okay. But hear me out. What if, instead of talking... We whip out our laser swords and kick their asses! No! Any exposure to advanced technology could do irreparable damage to their culture! And unprovoked violence is wrong! What oh? What do you call us? Knock it off! Look at him, me lord! They're some kind of half-man monsters <laughs> from the stars, they is! You, you must forgive the peasantry of this small hamlet, ignorant and bumpkin as they are. <laughs> I am the lord of this humble burg, and you, holy shit, you are half-mad monster. Rude. What, a lion, a, a goat, a, a sheep? Oh my. And you, what are you, some sort of reverse mermaid? And you are some sort of reverse dick? Shush! I, I'm sorry, I beg your pardon? Oh, sorry. My universal translator must be bugging out. Ixnay on the universal a translator tray. What? She said, nix the universal translator. Turn off the universal translator? Stop saying universal translator! Stop saying universal translator? Shush! You speak a strange tongue, reverse mermaid. Yep, sure do. Reverse mermaid tongue. It's a thing. Setting aside linguistics, we've come to beg your hospitality. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, forgive me. You don't seem to understand how things work here. 
I am the Lord. It is my prerogative to make demands of you. Best not sass him, my lord. Face from the sky there is. God may smite ye for your arrogance. He might if he should deny ye hospitality he should. Right. I speak a strange tongue. Sure. <laughs> oh, Quigley. You poor, innocent, rusticated, corn-fed fool. These are not devils nor angels. These are but men. Rude. Wearing the guises of beasts in order to uh, fright us into... Uh, what was it you wanted? Fuel. Fuel. Like lumber? Oil. Olive oil? Like dead dinosaurs? How ridiculous is it that we've mastered faster than light travel and we're still dependent on fossil fuels? Yeah, you should write your senator about that. You know, someday. What is a dinosaur? A dead giant lizard. Oh, these dragon slayers, my lord. Seeking out dragons to slay, they is. My lord. Dragons? Whoa. Are dragons real here? <laughs> oh, Quigley, you... Ignorant fuck! Dragons aren't real! Oh, thank god! What about them giant bones they unearthed in the salt mines? My lord! Giant bones? If they have fossils here, then it is entirely likely they have fossil fuels as well. Excellent! My lord, can you take us to these salt mines? Oh, <laughs> We'll take you to the salt mines, all right. Oh, he's threatening to force you to work in the salt mines under the deceptive guise of acquiescing to your request, he is. Yeah, I figured that out. Well, I didn't. I vote we do laser swords. No, no laser swords. Uh, seize them. No, no, I'm allergic to salt. Crack off. Put that away. Gas. <laughs> He's got the fiery sword of the angels, my lord! God on high! F forgive us! They're kneeling to me? Yeah. That feels right. Lambda, put that thing away right now! Alright! You're gonna take us to these salt mines, but here's the twist! You do the digging! We're hunting dinosaur juice! Sorry, dragon's blood. Ooh. This is directly countermanded by the Vertebradian Interstellar Directives! I'm pretty sure the Vertebradian Interstellar doesn't say anything about letting ourselves be captured and put to work in literal salt mines. I hate salt. It's coarse and irritating. It gets in everything. And it's a poor substitute for properly prepared cuisine! When he's right, he's right. Lambda, I am your commanding officer! Well, I'm God! And last time I checked, God outranks commanding officer! <laughs> Let them go, Lambda. Oh, Captain. I always knew it would end this way. You... Seriously? Yeah! <laughs> I... Can't look. No, you gotta look, bro. This is amazing. They're doing backflips and shit. They're twirling around. The captain just chambered and thrusted. 
Who the hell chambers and dresses the laser sword? That's ridiculous. But it looks awesome and balls. This is incredible. I would be so disappointed if I had to just let someone describe this to me instead of seeing it for myself. Oh, you're missing out, man. Okay, I'll look. Ah! Lambda! You've been stabbed. You don't have to tell me, Cornelius. I was there. I'm sorry, old friend. You've got a funny way of showing it. <laughs> I curse you with my last. <laughs> Good night, sweet sheep. May flights of shepherds sing thee to thy rest. You, you, you saved us. All hail the Lion God. All, All hail, hail the Lion, Lion God. Lion God. Wait, wait. That's not what I. Oh, hail the Lion God! Oh, hail the Lion God! Uh-oh. Looks like Captain Sierra Leone has got herself into a dilly of a space pickle. What's next in store for our intrepid heroes? Tune in next time for the newest adventures of the Lion Star Fighting Crew. Except Lambda, who's dead. Oh, that was possibly too much fun. <laughs> oh, it's true, it's true, and the post-production costs have been astronomical, mostly on people's sanity and free time and will to live. But that's what we do it for, right? The fun. The lols, as the kids say. Uh, it begs the question, uh, what would be your favorite uh, alien species? Would it be cat people, or lion people, or, or goat people, or sheep people? Apparently the the, the cloven-hooved species took to the stars much more easily than everyone else. Um, that being said, uh, oh goodness, looks like something just, oh I see, that was, I, okay. not to worry, the computer was just lying to me for no damn reason. Computers. I am still interested in what your favorite alien would be. I am also interested in what you would do if you won a reality TV show. It comes up a lot in our show, possibly because reality television is so much fun to make fun of. It's enjoyable. Plus, no one feels bad about it because even the people who are on a reality television show are fake when they're doing it. So, no one has to get hurt feelings. So, uh... On one hand, tell us what your favorite alien species is, and on the other hand, tell us which reality television show you would like to win, whether it's real or not, as you enjoy our last piece, The Bachelor! Coming soon to the Showtime Podcast Network, a dark reboot of your guiltiest pleasure dating reality show. Meet our three hopeful ladies willing to travel across the globe to find true love. Chrissy. I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to find true love. I love his accent. He's such a classy dresser. He's not afraid to go full formal all the time. Trista. He and I will be perfect together. We're both total night owls. 
and Brooke. The castle is really beautiful. This guy's Eastern European aristocratic lifestyle really appeals to me. From the producers who brought you The Bachelor, and The Bachelor in Paradise, The Bachelor in the Sewers, and The Bachelor Driver's Ed, it's The Bat-Chiller. When I look into his eyes, I... I just can't look away. Another thing we have in common? We both love to sleep in. In fact, we never see him at all during the day. He must be working hard to keep his income streams adapting to current markets. Or it's just an excuse to keep the cameras on us, hanging out, all day. We know there's nothing you love more than watching women fight over an emotionally unavailable douchebag. He's so dark and mysterious. Have you noticed? There are a hell of a lot of bats around this place. Hey, if you can't handle his favorite pet, get out of the menagerie. He loves me, Brooke. <laughs> you think so? Because last night he had his personal driver bring me to the finest restaurant in Romania and everything was perfect. When the waiter offered him the wine list, he said... I never drink wine. Most guys I meet would just want to get wasted. It's so refreshing to meet someone who knows their limits. Plus, more margaritas for me. Witness the heartbreak of the Rose Elimination Ceremonies. Chrissy, you make me feel so... alive. Ever since I met you, I felt so lightheaded and dizzy. Perhaps it is the altitude of the mountains. Do you mean, like, you feel drained? No, it's because I love him! I'm sorry, Chrissy. Trista and Brooke, will you accept these roses? Yes! <laughs> Thanks? What? Vlad, why? You order too much garlic in the restaurant. I'm sorry, it's not you, it's me. Should the remaining contestants trust one another as frenemies? Or just out and out kill each other? Hey, I don't like you, but there is no need to be sharpening stabbing sticks. They're not for you, Brooke. I'm going to slay the beast, and then we are getting out of here. What? If you want out, just leave. I'm staying. Brooke, you are a massive idiot, but I'm not leaving you here to die. Just get out and leave me with my man. How can you be so clueless? He's a vampire! I know. What? If he picks me, I get to be a countess. People wait on me hand and foot, I get a whole castle, and I live forever? <laughs> okay, now maybe I will kill you. <laughs> all leading up to a final rose ceremony. You are all very special to me, but only one of you can be my eternal bride. This fall, watch the Bat Chiller, Mondays on... Eat steak, vampire scum! Wait, uh... Huh. Check out Trista, Monster Hunter! Mondays on the Showtime Podcast Network. Followed by a very special Ghost Bros. Thank you, Chicago, and good night! Woo! Woo! What's that? Encore? Encore? Well... It wouldn't be a rock show without an encore, now would it? And 
It's suddenly a rock show because we're doing an encore. <laughs> Psych! There's one more. That's right. All the value you can eat. I'm going to set that guitar over there and pretend it never happened because we've got one more piece for you before we say goodnight, and I hope you love it. This one is uh, especially special for a lot of different reasons, one of them being that it is a follow-up to one of our favorites from a little bit ago, and the other one being that it's one of my personal favorites because some of these references are things that I remember, uh, and uh, you're welcome. You're welcome for all of it because uh, this is Board 2. Imagine a winter's night. A group of friends have gathered together to while away the long evenings in each other's company. It's far from the first time these people have spent an evening together, and there's only so much singing and card playing a person can do before they look for other ways to amuse themselves. Someone asks if anyone wants to play a parlor game, and the hostess whispers to a servant. The next thing anyone knows, the servant is wheeling in a tea cart, holding a platter, piled high with flour. The scene I'm describing is set in Regency England, a time we associate with elegant balls and politely restrained society. This was the time during which Jane Austen wrote her masterpieces, Art and literature from this era paints a picture of gilded parlors, fine ladies swathed in gauzy fabrics, and gentlemen in immaculately tailored jackets. But the years between 1811 and 1820 also hid a darker side. That's right. Amid all the dinner parties and assemblies, there was an undercurrent of boredom. A boredom that you and I might alleviate with video games or a good movie. But the tragic fact is, it took us a long time to invent television. I'm Karen Mangle, and this is Bored. Well-to-do people in the Regency era had spent generations outsourcing every possible useful activity in their lives so that they could live a life of leisure. Other, poorer people worked to create and maintain the British aristocracy's wealth, but what had seemed like a desirable life took a sharp left turn when they were forced to confront, day after day and night after night, of having to think of things to do. So let's return to that evening party. These guests have grown so bored with the relentless march of time that they have decided to play Bullet Pudding. A single bullet is placed at the peak of the mound of flour, and players take turns disturbing the flour, sometimes scooping it away with small cups, sometimes cutting into it with a butter knife, sometimes just poking it with their fingers. Eventually, the flour supporting the bullet is disturbed enough to cause the bullet to drop from its position. It could even drop inside the remaining heap. The player who made it fall then has to fish it out with their teeth. The fun, if it could be called that, comes from seeing your friend with flour all over their face and clothes, and from watching them try not to laugh so they don't inhale the fine powder and choke. By any modern standard, bullet pudding could only be marginally more entertaining than sitting motionless in a silent room. It is truly chilling 
to imagine a life so devoid of meaningful mental engagement that this was considered a delightful diversion. Another game popular with the same crowd was Snapdragon. To play this game, you need a good supply of raisins or other dried fruits, such as dates, dried plums, or candied apples. Because in those days, raisins were a fun finger food, instead of a disappointing thing to find in what you thought was a chocolate chip cookie. You'll also need a good amount of brandy, a match, and a complete disregard for fire safety. Pour the brandy into a shallow, fireproof dish, scatter the dried fruits into it, and light the brandy on fire. If you really want to get into the spirit of it, scatter some salt on the flames so they turn blue, and blow out all the candles in the room, so that the players' faces are lit with a ghostly pallor. Then everyone takes turns reaching into the fire, grabbing a flaming raisin, and popping it directly into their mouth. Whoever eats the most is the winner. Being given the choice between watching a pile of flour crumble and plunging your hand into a live flame sounds like a nightmare come true. Yet there is an extant letter from a young woman called Fanny describing both of these pastimes as a delightful way to celebrate the Christmas holidays. That young woman was Fanny Austin Knight, the niece of Jane Austen. There is a danger in eliminating any possibility that we might accidentally do something useful during our day, and that danger goes hand in hand with surrounding ourselves exclusively with people who have everything in common with us. As we see from Regency Britain, it created a world in which both an exercise in tedium and a ridiculous risk of the loss of fingers were described by the word fun. So look around your circle of trusted friends and loved ones, and ask yourself, would one of these folks tell me if I was inventing bullet pudding or snapdragon? If the answer is no, then get new friends. The failure to ask that question is very probably the reason why it took us such a long time to invent television. Thank you all so much for joining us this evening. We hope you had a wonderful time. I know I did. Those were some incredible experiences to share with you. Uh, it was absolutely lovely to see all of you on the chat once again. And we will be back next month with even more material. We've got some incredible new pieces coming your way. And uh, we really uh, we think that the thing you're going to be most excited about, and I say this with great care, knowing that some of you may hyperventilate for the entire month leading up, the return of Olympic Shore. So, friends, thank you for your time this evening. Thank you for your patronage. Thank you for backing us. Thank you in advance for telling all of your friends about this and encouraging them to also become Patreon backers so you'll have one more thing to talk about together over your Skype calls. Now, go out there and enjoy yourselves. Keep laughing and keep dreaming. 
Thank you, everyone. This has been Starlight Radio Dreams, featuring Ansel Birch as Burlington Showtime with Michael Jackowitz, Kat Evans, Ellen DeSitter, Carolyn Blake, Ben McCauley, and Rachel Grandigluski. Tonight's show was written and directed by Jared McDerris, Kat Evans, Ben McCauley, Ansel Birch, Jared, Michael Jackowitz, and Carolyn Blake. A huge thank you to Shore Incorporated for their generous support, and to Mrs. Murphy and Sons Irish Bistro for always being there for us, even if it's just for delivery. We'll be back next month with even more serials, new shorts, and even more improvements across the board. If you like what you've heard, you can download more on our website, starlightradiodreams.com, or listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify. So until next time, folks, keep laughing and keep dreaming. Thank you for joining us here at Starlight Radio Dreams. We hope you enjoyed your time. If you'd like to keep dreaming, you're in luck. For the safety of our cast and community, our next show will be a live stream on Friday, September 25th. You can experience the full show, as well as a bunch of other great perks by pledging on Patreon. Find more information on our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our website, starlightradiodreams.com. Until next time, Pod Squad, keep laughing and keep dreaming.